Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh my goodness. seen anything like that now let's head to the first tee this guy's pretty good and here's your host jeff kolpak yes this is the first tee holes one through 18 this morning on the golf show jeff kolpak as presented by michelob ultra 740 the fan is a dial the fm dial 107.3 740thefan.com is your web address all the podcasts from all shows we'll be able to you'll be able to find on there i think at golf and, and i've thought about this on the on the way in this morning that um there's just there's a lot of leadership going on here and it maybe starts with the players and those who are in the front of the pack and that's maybe the obvious one you go to the courses and the club pros and the men and women who arrange men's night ladies night tournaments gin numbers, all that stuff that goes into the great golf experience and, and certainly takes leadership for that. And then we switch to junior golf, and that's where our focus will start with this morning. Chris Geis is the executive director of the Dakota Junior Golf Association, and this is just no two-hour-a-week job, no mail-it-in. A lot goes into it, and uh, a lot of dedication. And we thank Chris for taking some time this morning. Chris, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Jeff. Thanks. How are you? Oh, great. Uh, let's just start right there, Chris. Uh, what is the fire with you, with all the work you put in as the executive director of the DJGA? Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's long story, and long story, and with me, you know, they all get longer. So, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, I've been super involved with junior golf for the last 15 years since my son was three or four and mm-hmm. he had a passion to play golf and you know i like you've heard me say i was a basketball coach and my kid wants to play golf and we're living in a small town and so i had to make a lot of awkward phone calls for a four and a five-year-old to find where he could play some golf and for you know one thing led to another and we're traveling around and playing junior golf and i guess my passion for it is just um we've had so many great memories with our family over the last 15 years around the country and you know a lot of these events turned into family reunion type things for us where hey we're going to be in such and such and we've got an aunt and her and uncle there and they're going to come watch Karen play golf and then we're going to turn that into a family vacation for the week and that kind of thing and you know I just as as this was all going on I'm like you know there's no reason we can't do this in North Dakota you know we mm-hmm. can bring a lot of what we've you know so um, a couple of years ago the opportunity presented itself and um, just wasn't right Garrett was still in high school and my daughter Brooklyn had just graduated and you know, it just wasn't right for me to make that move and stuff. And then this November, uh, Tim Doppler, executive director for North Dakota Golf Association, um, Tim and I had worked together on a few events. And back the big COVID event two years ago was a huge success with Tim and I. And we've right. known each other now for 15 years throughout all these events and stuff. And he came to me and talked to me. And, you know, we were able to put something together. And uh, now the timing was right for me to be able to jump all in. And it was, you know, something that I wasn't going to do half-heartedly and something that, if we're going to do it, we're going to take giant strides and we're going to go forward. We're not going to just, you know, oh, good enough. And I think you can see in the seven months that we've been at it, uh, we've made some huge strides and um, maybe bigger than we thought we could make it this fast. 
And as we look out another 12 months, I mean, I think by this time next year when we talk, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, holy cow, you guys have exploded across the state. You're into a little bit of Minnesota, maybe. We've got some of that in the works and stuff. And, you know, for me, it's all about all-inclusive. Just get everybody to play. You know, some people, they hear me talk and they think it's, you know, competitor, competitor, competitor. And trust me, I'm as competitive as anybody. But I want this. I want every kid to get a shot at this. I mean, I want every kid. I don't care if you're growing up in Botno or Glen Ullen or New Salem or Bueller or Hazen or if you're growing up at Oxbow or Fargo Country Club, we got to figure out a way to give every one of these kids a shot. And, you know, on our lessons side of it, I think that's what we're doing. We're developing a new program called DJGA at my school. Um, next fall, it'll be at 10 schools across the state that ordinarily don't have access to golf and start some kids young there. Like where? The What's this, uh, what, uh, it may stop you. Like where? Yeah, um, well, we're, we're you know we're going we're trying to stick to the small class B type regions where you know it's a long ways to get to a teaching pro. Um, we're mm-hmm. going to be in Botno. We're going to be in Botno. They they're all in Botno's way in on it. Um, we're going to be in Bowman. We're going to be in Kildare. We're going to be in upper in the Stanley area. We're going to those um, four or five off the top of my head that have signed up yeah. already and are all in on it and stuff. And you know the the, the idea of it is you know um, we do a lot of programs here in Bismarck with the Snag Golf Kits and it's starting new at golf is what it stands for and it's basically Nerf golf equipment and stuff to get little people going and get you know kindergarten through grade three started. Right. So we're gonna go we're gonna go get those five ed teachers, bring them here, and some of your Fargo teachers are already using it. And you know we want to get it out into those areas though where you know hey. For me to get to a golf lesson is two hours, three hours. You know, mom and dad would never consider that, but we want to get somebody started young. And we're actually going to work with some of our pros here around here to send them out to help with some of that. Eventually, we think it's going to turn into a big statewide program. Um, we're kind of modeling it after the archery program that Game and Fish. I think maybe you've seen that around and stuff like that where they do that in schools. Um, but I think we're, we're set up for 10 schools for next year, and we're hoping to expand to 25 the second year. And after that, we hope it just keeps expanding to where we even have a full-time uh, teaching pro that goes to schools and makes it wow. all happen. That's outstanding. I mean, it's, yeah, and I just think it was, you know, that was just a natural move for us. I think the link between junior golf, you know, how do you, how do you get to more of them? And then we go back and talk about it. And I'm like, okay, how do you get more baseball players? How do you get more basketball players? How do you get more football players? Mm-hmm. You got to get in touch with the school. Yep. And that's why I think that's been missing, right? I mean, that's, and, you know, so when, uh, when it comes time for me to lean on some people and make some things happen fast, it's, you know, hey, let's get in touch with the golf coaches and align ourselves with those guys. Right. They're always looking to expand their programs, and that's where we've really had some success here. And I think, you know, again, the passion and the fire as you talk about it, and, um, you're not, you know, I just want it, to – it's just – it's always there. It's, uh, it's a 24-hour-a-day thing. Um, you've been a, you've been on the receiving end of emails and text messages from me at oh, yeah. all hours of the, all hours <laughs> of the day. Um, and I think Dave and some of the other guys out there can attest to it and stuff like it. Um, but I think that's how, you know, we got to have, you know, uh, hopefully with enough leadership and we're developing more of it across the state um, a year from now. I mean, I think we're on to something really special right now. And a year from now, I think it's going to be something the whole state of golf can really be proud of. Well, I think that's huge. It's a statewide program. And, and we're coming to you on a statewide signal, 740 The Fan, the fifth largest AM signal in the country. So everybody out there that's listening, if you know somebody in a small town that, that Chris just mentioned, you know, get on board. Let's let's get some uh, enthusiasm, momentum going uh, for this program. Chris Geis is the guest. He's the executive director of the Dakota Junior Golf Association, which, by the way, and I'm privileged to be a part of this, as announced, announced earlier this year that you are starting a Mr. and Miss Golf of North Dakota program or awards, I guess is a better way to put it. How did that get going, Chris? Well, you know, we... We've watched it for what since '84 for basketball. We've seen the 
um, Gatorade football players of the year. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Gatorade volleyball track and stuff like that. And I've always wondered why not uh, why not golf? You know, and I guess I kind of looked for the right. Um, it was the right platform for the last 15 years to make it happen. And once I took this job, I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a layup for us right here. We've got to get this going. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already got several girls that have already, um, have already got their nominations in on the girls' side. The boys obviously are just getting going here, but you know we're going to receive some of those. And, um, you know, just another accolade for these kids to put on their resume as they get ready for college. I think that's a big step. You know, it's a, it'll be great to recognize them throughout the year and, just like every kid who's trying to become a college basketball player is able to say he was a Mr. Basketball finalist, there's no reason that these kids now are going to be able to say they were a Mr. Mr. Golf finalist. Eventually, there'll be a Mr. Golf winner and a Miss Golf winner for each year, and we'll present them at the state tournaments. Um, obviously, we missed out on the fall with the girls' golf, but we're going to give their award this year, mm-hmm. this spring also, so we're going to make sure they got covered. And uh, Again, I, I just want golf to be like every sport. So that's my whole goal. I mean, regardless of who I talk to, I'm like, just put it on the table at the same level. Because I think we can get to the to the point where our numbers are going to reach that. You know, we're probably never going to have the numbers that basketball has exactly, but on a, you know, on a, we're going to get close and we're going to yeah. push for it to continue to get close. And that's, you know, the small towns like you talk about. Um, another thing we started here for this summer is uh, we started a beginner's tour. And it's basically nine whole events for 12 and under all the way down to five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. They're evening events. Mom and mom or dad has to caddy, and if mom or dad can't caddy, it could be grandma, or grandpa, or aunt, or uncle. And if no family members can make it to the course to caddy for them, we've got some of our past players that are coming back. Some of our college players, you know, the Gavin Argents of the world, the Garrett Geises of the world, who are you know, they're uh, Alex Wilson's college kids who are now coming back and looking to give a little back to our program, and they'll help caddy with these groups and stuff. And you know, I think where we've missed out on golf, and you can attest to this from what you've watched. You have Little League Baseball, you have Little League Soccer, you've got flag football, you've got all these lead-up things, and it's always, you know, practice and then a game, and that's when everybody gets excited. Mm -hmm. Golf has always been, well, yeah, junior takes lessons three days a week at the country club. He's getting better, and that's it for these little people, right? There's never been. And they go home. When's that event? When's that event coming? Right. When's that event coming where he makes the 20-foot putt and grandma and grandpa cheer and mom and dad cheer? And everybody's excited, and regardless of the number he put on the scorecard that night, they stop and have a burger and go home, and they're excited to come back the next day and stuff. And we've missed that. I mean, nobody wants to just go to practice all the time, right? I mean, it's it's great. We run over a thousand kids through lessons here in Bismarck, Mandan, and a lot of them are you know five to nine year olds who they just haven't had a place to compete yet. So we're going to do that, and that event that is coming statewide now next year. Also, we'll have beginners tour events up and down the Red River Valley, along with the eight uh, major tour events that we have up and down the Red River Valley. And then we're just going to try and fill it in all in between. You know, we want nine whole events to be held in the smaller towns. You know, the Hillsboroughs and the Mayvilles, the stuff where kids just get a chance to get out there. And a lot of them are kids. Hey, they play baseball all day, or they're mm-hmm. tied up with basketball camps and stuff like that. And they want to give golf a try, but they're not into it as much as all the kids. What a great chance. Go out two nights, you know, one time in June and one time in July. We've got two of them in Minot this year that we're really excited about beginners tour events. We think we can really reach out around the area yep. of Minot and stuff and, you know, grassroots and get on the feet and get going. And I think that's how we're going to make these lifetime, lifetime golfers. Very good, very good. You know what, Mr. and Miss Golf, it just sounds elite to me. The Minnesota got it going several years ago. Phil Ebner out in uh, the Twin Cities started that at Winsong, and, and that's mushroomed into just a great uh, uh, event. They have a, a banquet and everything over in yep. Minnesota. We're going to talk more about junior golf, Chris, in, in a second. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Ultra. Don't go far away. We're back right after this. I saw you slam your club in anger. 
grass on the ditch. I saw you look at me and wonder if I noticed. We are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Alter on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM on the dial. Chris Geis is the executive director of the Dakota Junior Golf Association. Take some time to further talk about the development of junior golf. And it was such a huge thing because if you don't have junior golf, you don't have adult golf. And so it has to start somewhere. Chris, I, I know you, you, you heard this last week on my show, but I had a little opinion piece. And I think the boys season should be moved to the summer in July and August and mainly because of weather, it's so tough to get it going. And the, as evidenced by, you know, this spring and, and this is not unusual. It, it does happen. Your thoughts. Uh, what, does the, the association have any thoughts on that? Well, I'm in, let's go. Let's yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, That's all I need. You know, and I, I, I've, <laughs> I've been vocal about it for a while here. Um, and I've got a couple of reasons and uh, you and I exchanged a text on it, but um, you know, I agree. Like let's get these kids when they're playing their best and not just, you know, it almost becomes at this time when the state tournament rolls around, like, you know, like a battle of, Hey, who was able to play the most this year and stuff like that, as opposed to who's the best player right now, where, you know, like you saw this year with the class B girls when they moved to the fall mm-hmm. scores improved across the board. Um, you know, the top 10, their scores were much improved. You know, I think that that's a move and, you know, every you hear, well, it can't conflict with football and stuff like that. And you can't this. I think there's plenty of opportunities for uh, kids to dual sport in the fall, just like there is, um, you're, you know, with the girls with their volleyball and stuff like that. And my big thing is, I think we got to get them all to the fall because it's easier to get access to golf courses. So golf courses will give up a Saturday in a fall. So if you're like, hey, you know, Saturday, nine a.m. tee times at X Y Z golf course. Mm-hmm. And my other thing is, and I've been very vocal about this on social media before I had this position. Why we haven't state tournaments on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? It drives yeah. me crazy for the golf. Yeah. Let's get to the fall. Let's have it on a Friday afternoon and a Saturday. Everybody can be there to spectate. Moms, dads, the whole families, which, again, get us without the same. You know, I jokingly send out the text messages or the tweets that say, uh, why aren't we holding the state class B championships on Wednesday or state basketball on Wednesday at 1 o'clock when we're not, the girls were winning their state titles, you know? And, and I just think naturally the whole thing fits for the fall. I think you could look at that calendar and you could be like, all right, August 1st, we're going to start with events. You can start your work to practice the last week of July. That gives you the whole month of August until football games start. You could have plenty of schedule to work with there. You could probably bang out eight events before school even starts. Oh, easily. Sure easily. And that, yeah. yeah, and that's what the girls, you know, so you have your two qualifiers and your regional tournament once school starts. And by the 20th of September, congratulations, we've crowned a state championship on A, courses that are in better shape, B, players that are in better shape as far as how their game is and see more people getting a chance to enjoy it because you'd be able to work around the weekends a little more often and i think if so you I, want a two-sport athlete you can do that too I, no i do you can make I, it work yeah i definitely think i mean these nine you know nine o'clock in the i mean august september you can have nine a.m tea times we've we've tried to have some nine a.m tea times uh in the spring and you know how that is frost delays and everything else 9 a.m. tea time, by 1.30 they're done. By 3 o'clock they're back to their schools. And if there's football practice at 4, those kids are there. I'm saying and the, and I'm saying start July 6 or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, I, I'm... I'm, well, I'm Karen, I, that, might, that might tread on our water a little bit. Yeah. But that's okay. Yep. I'm, I'm all in. If, that's what it, if that makes it, if that improves it, I'm all in. Let's, go, let's make it work and stuff. But, you know, I'm with you. I mean, I think we're just missing the boat. I mean, these kids and you know, I've been through enough state tournaments now watching my own kid and mm-hmm. teams play and, 
I'm like, yeah, you know, the kids are playing pretty good, and you can just tell the 10 that are playing the best are played the most golf right now. Right. I'd love to see where, where we are if we bring them back in September when they've had a chance to really play all summer. Yeah, you have, yeah. You have the Applebee's uh, Junior Cup schedule, golf schedule, and it starts in yep. June, and, and it's yep. it's quite the remarkable line of uh, tour events for young golfers. How did you get that going, and uh, how was the response of – of, of the courses out there um you know it's been it's been fantastic you know the Applebee's or the Dakota Junior started in 88 and uh for the most 1988 for the longest running junior program in the country actually it started before first tee and all that stuff um, Dan Waldock and his crew down here at Riverwood got it started and Tim Doppler carried the torch and I mean I can't say enough about Tim and what he's done and then they've always had some instructors and some people helping helping in the summer and this year they formed the new position as the executive director because they've really grown and they wanted to grow some more. And so that's where I took over. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've always had a nice tour of, you know, seven or eight stops, maybe 10 stops, 12 stops. But this year we really expanded it. Uh, we'll have 23 days of playing opportunities for the kids this summer out of a, you know, 85 day summer. So that's pretty good. And next year when we had the events up and down the Red River Valley, um, you know, we've added the Russ Newman. That's fantastic at the Fargo Country Club. Dave talked with you last week about right. that. We can't say enough about those guys. Dave and Boomer and Nick, we had a great conference call yesterday. We're really adding some cool stuff with the banquet and those kind of things that night. Um, you know, and the courses are wide open to this. I mean, it's like, you know, if we, we roll in, we say, hey, we need three hours of tea times. You know, we're going to pay X screen fees. Can we make this happen? Um, yeah, they're all in. I mean, they want they want to see these kids. They want to see these kids. You know, I think maybe, you know, I, I've kind of turned this backwards, I think, and maybe I'm wrong with it, but my vision of this is let's get these kids playing golf of even the kids who don't have parents that play, and maybe that's going to get mom and dad to jump into the game. You know, I think forever it's been easy to get the kids of the parents that golf, right? Yeah, mom and dad golf, I golf. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, want to see, I, want to, I want to see more of these six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds get started to where they fall in love with it and to where mom and dad come watch and they're like, well, I want to give this a try. Yeah. And they find that hey, it's not that hard to get on a golf course. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, it's not like this secret society, you know, it's like, go get a set of clubs, go rent some if you have to, but let's grow the game on both ends of it. Not just with the juniors, but young adults and young families. That's what we want to see on Saturday nights, right? We want to see the courses that are packed with young families and, chasing balls all over and stuff like that. And that's what we're hoping to grow out of Dakota Junior Golf. And that's a lot of what we talk about with our new impacts and stuff like that is how we're not only going to get little kids going, but how we're going to get a young family started as well. I'll tell you what, we'll have a compromise. I'll say let's propose start the golf season in mid-July, and you can start your junior season earlier because there will be no state tournament to conflict uh, with. Um, yeah, we'd start June 1st. We'll be done on the 20th, and then you can roll. After. Okay. <laughs> but whatever <laughs> I deal. can do to help you, Jeff, I'm in to help you. I, I, think it, I think it just is a natural fit. I really do. Yeah, a few, um, a few minutes. Yeah, go ahead. When you look at these rosters, you know, I think a lot of these kids are trying to play both. Some of them are just golf-specific. You can make it work. I mean, come on, there's a way to make it work, especially now with the Zooming of classes and stuff that so many schools are already doing and recording classes. For those six days that they'd missed some school, we're not going to miss that much. We can make it work. All right. Chris Grice, the executive director of the Dakota Junior Golf Association, joins us on the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak. Just a f- couple minutes left with Chris. We produce good players. Look at Tom Hoagie, and there's been players on minor tours and major college scholarships. But what you're proposing, I think, could produce something a little more comprehensive, correct? That's what I'm hoping. I mean, I, I really. I mean, I, I'm hoping that's what we get to. You're right. I mean, think, you know, the list goes on and on. On uh, Tom and and you know Amy and you mm-hmm. know guys like Dave, guys like Dave and Josh, Josh that were 
you know, so close. They're over to our way, Tim Kunick and the Rick Coons of the world that were so close and, you know, and had chances and stuff. And, I mean, we want to produce those kind of players, but we want to just produce players. We want we want people who you've got a passion for golf. That's why you developed the golf show. You like to take your clubs and, you you know, whether it's family, friends, or business meetings, that's how you do your stuff. That's what we want to create is more people that are like that. You know, golf rounds are up. I mean, not only uh, – Tim told me an interesting number the other day that, you know, with the simulators being so popular and stuff, how those numbers are increasing, and we're hoping to just carry that over onto the golf course. And eventually, you know, we want to look back at this three to five years from now and be like, we had something special, but holy cow, we turned this into something really awesome. Yeah, it takes vision. Yeah, it takes vision. Everybody should want to. Yeah, everybody should want to be a piece of this. And I can already tell just with the emails and with the phone calls that, you know, there's some people in some areas that are afraid they're maybe missing out now that we're gaining all this attention and stuff. And trust me, we're going to get to you. I mean, we're. It doesn't matter if you're northwest or southeast or northeast or southwest. Eventually, we're going to have our hands on it, and we're going to get to you. When do we name a Mr. and Miss Golf as I'm privileged to be part of the selection process? What's the what's the timeline here? Um, we started taking in, uh, we just started taking applications, nominations. They can go to our website, djga.org. That's where the nominations are. Coaches have to nominate them. And the coaches have all been contacted by email, and coaches have been sent uh, messages throughout social media. Um, our final, I think, believe May 15th, May 20th is the final day. Mm-hmm. And then we will name the winner on the last day of the Class A season at the state tournament. Okay. That's very cool. I know Scott Woodmancy has also been heavily involved. He's he's a member of your board of directors. I yep. I told Woody we need a committee meeting at his bar in Bismarck. So That's what I, well, I yeah. told him. I said, we'll follow 18 holes at 18 holes at one of the tracks <laughs> down there, and then we'll go from there. So Yeah, I mean. Um, but yeah, you know, guys like you, I mean, right now our growth is doing, we got to thank guys like you, Jeff, and you and I have talked a lot of golf in the last 15 years. And, I mean, the fact that you have a passion for it and want to see it grow and the guys like, you know, the Tim Doppler here at Riverwood, I mean, what he does for junior golf, people wouldn't believe his days and how he, you know, bends over to make it happen. And guys like Dave Schultz now are taking on a new position. I mean, when Dave was at Maple River, it was fantastic to work with him. Mm-hmm. He's just carried that right over to the country club. And, you know, they're not missing so many guys when we talk about it. But those guys are going to, you know, they've taken such leadership roles like you talked about in our first segment. Mm-hmm. Working with those guys is going to make this thing explode, and we're all going to be happy that we were a part of it. And someday we'll look back and say, "Hey, look what we did." Chris, keep your gas tank full, man. That's uh, that's it's we, it's a lot of work. Yeah, we sure do. I mean, got talks like this that keep me energized and yeah. keep me fired up, Jeff. So I appreciate that. All right, we'll be in touch. Thanks, Chris. All right, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, that's Chris Geis. He's the executive director of the Dakota Junior Golf Association. Again, such a critical piece of developing junior golf and big vision, big plans. Love hearing that. That's what the state needs. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the golf show. We'll be back right after this. Steam it out that trap. It'll curl right back. You've got a slice like a sickle. It's a brass wedding ring, a dependable thing. Though I wouldn't give you a nickel if I one time around you. And we are back. Thanks again to Chris Geis for joining us in the first half of the show. The golf show by Jeff Kopak is presented by Michelob Ultra in the Gunnarsson Jewelers studio. Uh, it takes some really good dedication on guys like Chris to really keep junior golf going. And before we get to our next guest, and actually what I want to talk about for a, a few seconds here is, well, pertain to our next guest, that it's my yearly reminder of the value of public courses and what they bring to a community and, and the investment the city makes in public golf. It's it, it, it's part of the fabric of what we need to be a vibrant community, no different than parks 
No different than a Fargo Dome. No different than a lot of investment that the Fargo the city of Fargo and the Fargo Park District has made to us. You bring in managers. Microsoft brings in managers, and they'll say, "What's what's in it for us as a family in Fargo?" And you, you point to those things, and you point to golf. Five public golf courses in one city. That's quite remarkable. And on that note, one of the head honchos of one of those five public courses, Matt Cook, joins us in studio. Rose Creek Head Professional. How are you? I'm doing. Terrific. How is that? Am I right on that? I mean, it's it's. It's a great investment. You, you are correct. You know, and it does serve a great purpose. We just came off of having our first uh, ladies' night this past Tuesday yeah. and uh, listening to some of the girls come off the course. It was, this is what we really needed. It's mm-hmm. been such a long winter. Right. We had so much fun and laughter. This is what we really needed. And golf really does serve that purpose. What it's, when you when you see your, your, your public and the, and the golfers that come to your course it's all ages ranges all shapes and sizes we really do you know yeah. at rose creek we've got kids as young as four and five being out on the driving range they can mm-hmm. be on the course when they're seven as far as to play but you know all the way up to we've had the uh, centurions as far as uh, playing out there as well so it really is it's a wide range of individuals and as long as we're on the youth golf and and talking to chris the head of dakota junior golf association and, and the tour they're really starting in the summer months how valuable is junior golf to your course and what do you see in the development of kids these days? I think it's great. I think, you know what, um, we're seeing, I think, more kids entering the game, and there are so many more opportunities nowadays. Um, I have the luxury of having a, uh, an opportunity to talk with Chris Croach quite a bit, who mm-hmm. works for us as far as in the spring and the fall, and Chris has been a longtime instructor and great player. And we were just talking about, like, when we were growing on up, and there wasn't all these opportunities as far as competition, as far as learning opportunities, and as far as access to the golf courses, you know, because we have so many more courses now than we did back then. And so um, it, it is terrific, and, it, and it's fun to see that. It's fun to see all the programming that's been created, all the competition as far as through, uh, we look at our Minnesota section, the Soda Series, what they've got going out west with the North Dakota Junior Golf Association, um, our local Steve Widener Tour. Um, and so it's really fun to have both those learning opportunities and then also those opportunities for the kids to kind of get out and um, and you know, challenge and work, you know, and, and see how their skills have kind of worked mm-hmm. out through the competitions. I never had that. I mean, I never had that growing up here in, in, in Fargo in the 70s, dad would drop us off, my brother and I at El Zago, and pick us up, and that was it. Yeah. That was it. And the other thing that's really nice as far as within our golf system at the Fargo Park District is having the five different golf courses. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, unfortunately, we really value some of the courses, such as even like in El Zago. Um, you know, it's a great place to go on out and really work on some different parts as far as your game there as well. You know, if you could go on out there and take two or three clubs some morning and just go play around. You know, that's one thing I think about golf is, you know, we now have all this sophistication technology to measure all these things. And we really work on as far as like our fundamentals and things like that. Mm-hmm. We're, um, and, and that seems to be our focus. We want to really have this pretty golf swing. But we forget really how to play the game. And, and, and that's really kind of a skill itself is yeah. to be able to go out there, learn. And, you know, it's, I, I heard something here on a podcast I'd watched sometime or listened to some time ago. And they're talking about um, golf doesn't always give you the same question. So in other words, it's not always like being on a driving range, flat surface, mm-hmm. you got some targets on out there. You're always going to have these different challenges. And so you've got to be able to kind of overcome that. And I think that's where sometimes you see where people say, well, I'm a really good uh, range player, but I'm terrible on the golf course. Yeah. They probably just never really practiced the correct way. Well, especially in the short game, because you can go on the range and, and you see the target 100 yards out and you bring your gap wedge and, hey, I'm pretty good. I'm nailing every time. Or you go to sweet shots and... and 
you take the eight iron and 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 you're perfect. You you have the perfect surface. That's a great point on Elzego is the short game because not every lie is the same. There's there's some undulation to the course. And ask Kate Smith, growing up at Ironman, the old Ironman at Detroit Lakes how that benefited her short game to this day. Right. Both her and her brother, Carter. Carter was a great player as well. Here these two kids are growing up on an 18-hole short course and yeah. uh, had terrific junior and now adult careers. So Right. You are part of the trifecta of the Misfit Munis. So it's now a, a YouTube TV show or a YouTube streaming show. You are now slumming in radio, by the way. I hope you know that. <laughs> I, I know I've heard you. you, you you've you know, lowered your standards a little bit. <laughs> We have, yes. And by us three uh, getting on, uh, we really have lowered the standards. But, um, you know, you've talked about your coverage, Jeff. Yeah, YouTube. I'm talking worldwide. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> Seriously, though, how did that get going? You, Greg McCullough, and Chris Larson. How did that get going? Because uh, it's pretty entertaining. You know, Greg and I, uh, I think it was about four years ago, uh, thought, you know what? We should really see if we could create a podcast. You know, it seemed mm-hmm. like it was the thing that everybody was doing. And part of the reason why is we wanted to just kind of talk a little bit more about what's going on in our Fargo uh, Parks golf system, first of all. We want to talk a little bit more as far as just the local scene in general, covering our youth and adults uh, tournaments. Um, and and then just, you know, maybe talk about some of the other news as far as what's going on nationwide. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was, for us, we really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. We had some great speakers that come and gone. And that was pre-COVID. And it seems like uh, in COVID, I don't know, we just both kind of got busy and we kind of just lost a little bit of focus on keeping that going. And so then um, when we had this new hire as far as Chris Larson last uh, this past winter, yeah, now, he came on. new rookie. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we thought, man, what a great opportunity now. Let's try to get this going once again. And Chris really has done well with some of the social media stuff in mm-hmm. the past when his experiences at Mord Country Club. So... We thought, man, let's start this thing on up. We'll get uh, the three of us. We'll try to meet weekly on Friday morning, 7 a.m. Uh, we're going to run this thing live, and we're going to do it on YouTube. And uh, we just wanted to try to create just kind of a fun, light environment, talk about some of the same things once again, what's going on in the Fargo Parks, what's going on at the local scene, and just have some fun with it. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've got uh, four episodes under our belt right now. Uh, we've had an opportunity to have uh, Tom Hoagie on, which is great. Uh, we had Steve Kennedy on from NDSU. Um, we had Chris Croach talk a little bit about as far as instruction on there. So it's been a ton of fun, and we look forward to kind of continue to run that through uh, the course of the year. I thought I had exclusive rights to Tom Hoagie in the area here. <laughs> you know, we're, we're yeah, fortunate. i got to talk to him. Right. I'm fortunate to kind of have a couple of, uh, of friends of his that continue to work for me in the summertime that have stayed quite close, and uh, so it's allowed me a little bit right. of access. Oh, you to got a little, a little in. Welcome to the yeah, media business. Right. But I tell you what, Tom, I really appreciate You know, he's been really good as far as his accessibility, you know, and it's been fantastic. And I think that's really beneficial because I think a lot of people can kind of you know follow him and look up to him yeah. and what he's done and Matt Cook is the guest the head professional at Rose Creek this is Jeff Kopak coming to you from the Gunderson Jewelers studio on the 740 the fan the fifth largest AM signal in the country Matt <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's good Tom's game what do you think it's, I, been, it's been quite the year it has he's had a, an, an amazing year and um you know, it's 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 kind of 
interesting. You know, he's he's you know he's kind of been a little bit up and down as far as you know in the past years, and you know he's been kind of hovering the last couple of years of doing all right, and then that breakthrough at Pebble, having that victory, and mm-hmm. uh, and then just seeing him more often up at the top of the leaderboard. Um, and now it's really cool to see us pairing for uh, this past week. Now you know opening round with Justin Thomas, right. and uh, yeah. I think of maybe Sam Burns. It's like now you're moving on up. Now you're even getting those preferential pairings and tea times. Well, I remember when he was paired with Tiger Woods the first time, and you thought that was the biggest thing ever. Well, it was at the time. Tiger who? Yeah. Oh. Who? yeah. <laughs> but now uh, he's one of the guys. He, he's one of the upper echelon guys. Yeah. So. He's, you know, I think he's always had uh, a really good skill set. I think he's always um, felt like he could be there, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I think just having just that much more confidence now, um, yeah, I, I look for good things, I think, through the remainder of the year. So. Rose Creek, what's the how to come through the winter? Very good. You know, we've uh, so far for the most part dodged the uh, the uh, bullets as far as with uh, flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you know, outside of a little bit of vol damage in the winter, uh, we didn't really have hardly any winter kill at all. Things are really greening up out there with all the rainfall. Um, and so, no, Eric Hansen, our golf course superintendent, and uh, his staff have done a wonderful job as far as prepping it for the winter. It came out really good, and so I think we're looking forward to having another great year. Vol damage. Those critters are digging tunnels through your course? Yeah, I think they were abundant this year. Wow. So what, what, what is it? You just have to smooth it out, or what do you do? You know, a lot of that actually just kind of starts to fill in pretty quick. Okay, they didn't yeah. get into, like, you know. Because they're not very big. They're not, no. And so this year, we didn't get anything as far as into the greens, or for the most part, you know, tees or collars. Yeah. And so it's more in fairway and rough area. And so um, it, 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 it'll heal pretty quick. I think the course has really grown up. Over the, it's been what 1993, I think. <clears throat> excuse me, when it opened, it's really grown up. The trees have matured, and it is what once was this course that was a link style in the open. It, it doesn't feel so linksy anymore to me. No. In fact, Larry Sherling was in just the other day into my office, and we were looking at some pictures he had given me some time ago that he had taken back in the uh, mid-90s. Okay. And one of the shots was, like, behind 14 Green, um, which is kind of over by our golf maintenance, uh, more on the southern or northern end of the golf course. Mm-hmm. And it looks entirely different than it does today. So, no, just, you know, and that sh- it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it has been. No, yeah. It's in the mid-90s, seems, you know, it doesn't, right. Right. It seems like 10 years ago, even though wasn't right but it but in reality it's it's there's a ton of changes out there and, and you know not only just as far as like trees growing up but i think just in the maturity of the turf and everything when i got this is i think about my 17th year i got there in 2005 and just a lot of areas were really really kind of weak as far as in the fairways and roughs uh and areas like that just just needed some a mm-hmm. little bit more tlc and some more time and uh like i said eric and his staff have done an amazing job um where the whole the whole golf course like i say from trees to the turf maturity and everything has just gotten so much better. Right. We're going to take a break. Matt Cook in studio. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show. It's presented by Michelob Ultra. Don't go away. We'll be back for our final segment. Drop them in the sand trap. Spray them left and right and long. You got to drop them in the sand trap. Spray them left and right and long. We are back for the final segment of the Golf Show as presented by Michelob Baltra on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. 740thefan.com is the address where you can find our podcast of uh, all shows that I've done since um, we got this going oh, a couple years ago. Matt Cook is in studio, the head professional at Rose Creek for 17 years. The course has had changes over the 17 years. 
And I've always had a debate on the signature hole, my own inner debate. What would you say, what do you call it, the signature hole? Signature hole. Good question. Um, the one that's obviously most talked about is what is currently hole number three, which is a par five that yep. kind of tends to keep moving left, 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 left with water <laughs> on both sides. I think at the narrowest point, um, it's but the fairway probably can't be much more than 20, 25 yards wide. Mm-hmm. Um, some big numbers are, are made there, so it's kind of a unique hole. Um, I think our par threes in general are kind of appealing, you know, and so I really like those a lot. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's hard for me to kind of really kind of just pick one on out. To me, it's 13. The, the short par three, it, it's an elevated tee box. You have the, the creek running right by there. It, it is the Rose Creek, after all. It's got a just a nice feel for. Uh, a sh- you don't have to have a long par three to make it good, right? And the green is hard; <laughs> it could be tough. But yeah, I, I just it just feels like a cool hole. It really is. You'd probably really like it now as the water's kind of lapping up just about along the collar. Yeah. So it's uh, it's truly almost like a little peninsula out there. But no, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I think that's a really kind of, uh, from the eye appeal, this looks really, really good. I think from a playability, it can be a tough little hole because mm-hmm. even the green complex itself, if you get kind of that back hole location, there's some really good movement back there, which can make a, a three-putt very, very doable. Right. But three of our four-par threes are all uh, play-out max out to a little over 150 yards at the most and the other one only maxes out to probably about 190 195 maybe from the very back mm-hmm. and so they're not long but yet i think they're not necessarily easy either you add a little breeze too and now it can be really kind of challenging and you have the alternate green too it's the lowest part of the course so in cases like this if the river does come up it's still very playable for those that don't know rose creek underwent a pretty major flood pr- protection project a few years ago that if you play it and didn't know that you wouldn't know that correct they did a really good job of just kind of disguising the the levee right through the middle of the golf course there which really created a lot of character because now we've got a lot of movement on that backside and has made it really kind of fun yep you're still teaching lessons obviously that's uh, one of the staples of being a club professional has that changed over the years your approach and how you teach and and technology Oh, I think definitely. I think we've all kind of learned. I think if we look back like uh, 25, 30 years ago, as far as how we were teaching and whatnot, Mm -hmm. we should really (laughs) provide refunds to all of the people we worked with. Um, You know, it's great now to have all the technology because you can measure a lot of these things, which Mm -hmm. is important instructors. I think you can create a a lot more awareness and understanding. It's not that you have to share and pass that all along to your student, but it just gives us some opportunities of maybe how to attack, you know, certain things that we're working with as far as in our students. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but I also think, you know, um, I'm fortunate, like I say, Chris has been out working with us the last two years, and Chris Croce has a lot of teaching as well, and he came over from Fargo Country Club, and I think he had probably at least oh, maybe 10, 12 years over at Fargo mm-hmm. as their lead instructor. And I tell you, I'd put uh, Chris's knowledge up against anybody's, oh, yeah. uh, not only just regionally, but as far as within our section and beyond. Chris really puts a lot of time into as far as his learning. He's spent numerous uh, trips as far as to some of the top instructors in the nation to work with and, and, and learn more about his craft. So it's been fun kind of talking to him and the one thing you know um you know, we look at people as far as and they're working on their game. You know, our, our range is extremely busy. Osgood's range is crazy, crazy busy. So you get a lot of people out there, you know, hitting golf balls and, and trying to figure out how they can, you know, hit that golf ball straighter or hit it more solid or whatever it is they're kind of working on. Um, and that's where, you know, like I say, we see a lot of people that, that do kind of you hear that, oh, yeah, I hit it really good on the range, but I can't take it to the golf course. I don't think people probably have a 
a great idea how to play the game, if that makes sense. You know, that kind of skill acquisition really hasn't uh, been accomplished. And, you know, um, it's a little different being on the golf course and being on the range. Not everything is, like I say, as far as uh, the perfect short grass lie. Um, you know, you really don't have any consequences because if you hit it crooked, you can just hit another one. Whereas on the golf course, it's not too often you find a flat lie. It's not too often you see the same distance every time. You know, you've got wind conditions. You, there's a lot of different variables there. And, you know, so you hit that shot a little bit errant, and now all of a sudden you've got the shot where you maybe got to hit a lower shot or maybe you got to hit something around a tree. People just don't have a really good idea of even how to do that. They're not really aware of the, the tool that they have in their hand of what makes the ball go the way they do. I think what you're saying is, say, take number three, okay, the par five that we just talked about. Do you need to use driver on that hole if you're a long hitter? Right. Probably think, not. I mean, correct. You know, I think for everybody, it may vary a little different as far as, you know, what their distance is and, and what they can hit. Like, you know, if you can only hit the tee shot 170 yards, then, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a driver's not a bad play. But if you're a stronger player and you can hit it out there 320 or 330, you might find that, boy, that gets really, really narrow out there. Maybe that's not the best play strategically. So I think decision making, for one, you know, is very, very important. But um, just having the ability, to hit some different shots. And that could be in your full swing. It could be in your short swing. And those are the things that you can really learn like out on your practice facility and around your practice green by just being able to maybe change up your practice. You know, rather than grabbing 30 golf balls, hitting 37 irons at same target, one after the other, Maybe it's like, hey, I'm going to try to purposely try to see if I can work this one from right to left, or I'm going to try to purposely try to work this one from left to right, or I'm going to try to hit this one higher or lower. And we kind of learn a little bit from our failures there. And I think that's one way that you can really kind of start to become a better player. I talked to Chris even like growing mm-hmm. on up, you know, we didn't have an abundance of golf courses. I grew up in South Moorhead. Um, you know, shoot, it was 13 or 14 before they actually built a golf course in South yeah. Moorhead. So what did we do? We hit a lot of uh, wiffle balls around the house and had our own golf courses there you know so you'd be like hey we're gonna hit over bill's house over there and over the tree that's across the boulevard and you know you got this big old uh apple tree in the middle you got to somehow shape it around you kind of learn how to to work it low hit it high hit it around things and how do you do that well you kind of just got an idea as far as how the club works and how to manipulate that club and so i think those are the things i think if uh if a person probably had a little bit better understanding of would really be able to help them become a better player and score lower yeah a couple moments left with matt cook so are you telling me and what would you recommend on the driving range that you don't use 12 7 irons do you recommend mixing up the clubs regularly two three shots what's your recommendation as we get going here and there it is still the early going in the golf season here yeah i like to kind of randomly approach that so if i'm actually hitting even some let's say i start working out hitting some pitch shots or something like that i might try three or four different targets and hitting some different distances once again Mm -hmm. maybe try to hit some shots maybe a little bit lower try to hit some shots a little higher maybe even try to hit some uh you know if i've got like a 52 uh, 56 and maybe even a 60 maybe i'm trying to actually hit that 52 only 50 yards and i might hit that 60 50 yards see what that looks like as far as just changing things on up a little bit you know to try to get a better idea of uh hey you know what there may be more than one way to potentially hit this particular shot on the golf course so i think just randomly kind of changing up that practice session and um really be aware of where the ball's going because when you're out there in the course you're not hitting the same shot seven times in a row correct yep like i said it's always changing not always having a flat lie you might have the ball above your feet below your feet you're uphill you're downhill so no you've got to be able to adjust to those things and so i think you try to do the same thing in your practice sessions 
What's in store this year for Rose Creek? Boy, in the you last know, few moments. I mean, always stuff going on. It really is. Uh, you know, if it's any sign, we've been typically a, a twenty-six to twenty-seven thousand round golf course in the past. Mm-hmm. Two thousand twenty, first year of COVID, we did about thirty-two thousand rounds. Huge jump. Thought, oh, we'll never ever get bigger than that. And then we we've kind of got a similar situation. Two thousand twenty-one, we get an earlier start, late March, go great weather all the way through the end of October, do thirty-six thousand rounds of golf. And now we found out what really busy is. And starting out the season, even though we've had a lot of rain events and we're kind of getting a little bit of a kind of a slow start, mm-hmm. uh, the days that have been decent at all, it's been crazy. The range has been busy. The golf course has been busy. Our leagues have started out our first men's club. We had 167 players. That's probably about close to 20 more than we've ever had before as far wow. as in a given night. So I think people are excited about playing golf. They want to get out there. And we're giving them a lot of opportunities. So in the Fargo Park system, like I say, if you're looking for some people to play with, join one of our uh, men's nights or women's nights. Uh, we've got some tournaments coming on up. We also, uh, with the high school season, we are actually hosting the EDC and the state this year. Okay. So we've got uh, EDC coming up June 1st and the state, uh, I think it's the uh, 7th and 8th, that Tuesday and Wednesday, whatever that is. So we're excited about that as well. So yeah, there is. We've got a lot going on. I want to see the season change, by the way, for the boys. I've been on that train now for two, three weeks. And I'm going to continue on that train. I think it should be mid-July to August. I do. I think you can fit more tournaments just in that span than you can in, in this bad weather. Spring is not usually nice around here. I mean, it's a, it's a total roll of the dice. I'm telling you, Jeff, you got an extra ticket. I'm on that train. Okay, great. I've been on that train I'm, for a I'm while. I'm marking you. You know what? I'm going to mark down everybody who's on board and, and march into Valley City and go, this is what you need to do. I've been. So. I, I've, I've called the, the North Dakota High School some time ago, even talking about as far as fall seasons. Yeah. And I, I think it's a way to go. The kids are playing all summer long, get an opportunity to play their best golf going into the fall, and this year is a perfect example. It's it's a so yeah. it's a very unfortunate. Be a true state kids. tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, players playing their best. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Awesome. That's Matt Cook, a great contributor to the show over the years. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Chris Geis for joining us at the beginning of the show. Chris is an incredible steward of junior golf and of course Matt and thanks for the investment that the city of Fargo and the Fargo Park Districts have made into golf here. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight. Thanks for listening to The Golf Show with Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Expect anything different? Presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Tune in next Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. for another edition of the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on The Fan.